I mean, again, it's just pure new age. And it's like, like God is going to move through a particular sound. That God is, not only is God going to move through a particular sound, but he's limited to a particular sound. Like, like God's not able to move until he moves through this new sound. I just want to say to answer uh, her question, it says on page 25, a couple of times recently, in fact, I've been in beautiful praise when all of a sudden a new sound comes that I've never heard before. It's like it sets you on fire. This new sound is a string instrument, a wind instrument. So there's a new sound coming. Yeah. So, I mean, they're expecting it to actually be a physical thing that they hear. Um, talked about, they, Rick Joyner talks about the next verse about there being a sound that was coming out of the ceiling. Everybody heard it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the next verse it says, This coming new sound isn't just something that you pick up with your ears, just like you were saying, but it's greater than anything you can... You can understand. It says it can change DNA. So that oh, we are genetically no. growing up. That sounds Is like that ionizing in the new radiation. Age, Cindy, that they teach it's that? It's very much new age because, and I don't even know how to explain this, because when you're in the new age, like you can read a belief and, and not even really understand what it's saying and be like, oh yeah, I believe that. So, yeah. Like, yeah. But like, people basically believed that a new age was coming where like, the earth was going to change to vibrating at a higher frequency and that this would change people's DNA and we'd have like, you know, more psychic abilities and awakening and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, and what's interesting is the new age, when they talk about these stuff, they talk about, de- uh, they talk about, um, uh, uh, what's Darwin- Darwinism, um, Evolution. They speak it as in terms of evolution. We will evolve into these new beings and these these higher beings and stuff like that. And uh, well, it says we are becoming like instruments being tuned when our genetics are getting aligned with God's genetics and harmony right. with Him. And, and the thing is, is there there are lots of people like Buddhists. They use sounds and stuff. Our our son, our oldest son was trying to learn how Buddhists do a singing where they can where they like that and and they can but they can hit two notes at the same time and stuff. Huh. And so when they do that though, they're trying to reach their consciousness or whatever and and things like that. And uh so again, it's we're trying to imitate the world. We're trying to imitate Buddhists now. We're trying to imitate new agers and stuff and well, it's good for them, you know, it'll work for us. This is so scary. Do you know, this is still, this is page 26. Do you know what a heart filtration is? It's two hearts. The lower heart gets out of harmony with the upper heart. And I'm afraid that our spirituality low, lower heart has gotten out of harmony with our upper heart. But when it gets back in harmony, we'll have the heart of God at that point. <laughs> so it's like, we need all this crazy stuff to happen in order for our heart to get right with God. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with repenting. It has nothing to do with getting, with getting sin out of your heart, with no, with studying the Word of God, with praying. With the Spirit of God. It has. You can do all these things without by without the Word of God. You can do all these things without prayer. You just have to find the right frequency. Yeah. 
On page 76, it, under the power, it's called The Power of Sound, it says, For thousands of years, different cultures throughout the world have recognized that sound vibrations affect both human consciousness and the physical body. There are historical records of Islamic, Chinese, Hebrew, Egyptian, and Greek cultures using sound to instill cultural wisdom, create altered states of consciousness, and heal the sick. Is that what we want to do? Do we want to have altered state of states of consciousness? No. Jesus never said alter your state of consciousness and heal the sick. Right. He said heal the sick. Yeah, in his name. Yeah. In his name. In ancient Greece, Plato and Aristotle taught their students that illnesses were often the result of a disharmonious state of being, a discordant resonant frequency, and they saw music as a primary means of reestablishing a healthy resonance. The term resonate literally means return to sound, which I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, in Christian tradition, music has also been considered to have healing powers. Many of the great cathedrals in Europe were designed to be harmonic resonating chambers for sound and music to heal, amplify, and alter consciousness during worship and prayer. And again, there are statements in the book that I'm like, I'm not sure that that's true. I mean, I, I know that they're used for prayer, but again, stater, alt, uh, altered states of consciousness? Well, even if it is true, that doesn't make it right. But even if they really do have cathedrals like that, it says Gregorian chants were based on sephlogio frequencies, special tones believed to have transformative power and impart spiritual blessing. So, again, it's through the sounds that you get healed, through the sounds that you get blessed. And you know what? What's the difference between what we're talking about and magic? Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Because magic is basically just trying to manipulate like physical and spiritual that's right. forces for that's a right. spiritual result. For yeah. a result, that's good. And the sad part is, is that it just takes out the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of Jesus. Like the, there is power in the name of Jesus. We right. are to heal in the name of Jesus. We yeah. are to uh, cast out de demons in the name of Jesus. We don't have to get out our sound frequency boards or, or any kind of weird stuff like that. It's simple faith in the name of Jesus. And the thing is, is basically if you follow all this stuff, it gets you chasing after everything but Jesus. Yeah, because you feel like you haven't quite got it or... Or that person didn't get healed because I wasn't on the right frequency or something. Or no. or that person didn't get delivered from those demons because maybe I didn't bring a dolphin with me. I mean, I, I just it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. On page 77 of the book, it says, Modern scientific discoveries have recently joined the voice of ancient sacred writings to pull back the veil of ignorance that once shrouded the power of sound in God's universe. So if you're not doing this, it, you're in ignorance. Today, these applied sciences and technology and theologies can be woven together toward the redemptive understanding of sounds that heal, deliver, destroy, and open up portals in heavenly realms. Now, again, isn't that what all syncretism is? It's like, you, you know, you can have some of this and some of that, and you can have this hodgepodge and call it Christianity. And again, that is exactly what the new age is. We can believe what we want to believe because what's, what is true for me is, is, tr is my truth. And I create my own reality. What do you think about the whole Christians referring to portals, Cindy? It freaks me out. <laughs> uh, but, okay, 
Okay, you, you obviously want Yeah, longer logical. answer. Okay, um, like portals into other realities, or? No, into heaven. Into heaven, which, you know, their definition of heaven. Well, we'll we're actually, we'll, we'll talk we're more about that. We're going to talk about portals stuff, in a minute. Yeah. There's okay. more, Cindy, just say. <laughs> well, okay, because, I, yeah, I've had my fair share of, um, yeah. Portal experiences. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. But but continuing on and stuff and on page eighty eight it says when the vowels of vowels, you know, A B E I O U of ancient sacred languages such as Hebrew, Sanskrit, Egyptian, and Tibetan Tibetan were pronounced, the vibration Okay. So this lady's experimenting with, with, or this man is experimenting with vibration through sounds and stuff like that, and and through sound, and it makes it made these geometric shape, shapes or whatever and stuff. When the vowels of ancient sacred languages such as Hebrew, Sanskrit, Egyptian, and Tibetan were pronounced, the vibration took the shape of the written symbols for these vowels. Again, I want to see that. I'm not just going to believe that they they said these words in Hebrew or Sanskrit or whatever like that or Tibetan and stuff like that. And when they said the words that the the sand that they that they were vibrating formed the vowels that they were using, I I honestly have a very hard time with that. Now you may say that I'm small-minded or that I'm judgmental or whatever, but I really really have a problem with that. Jenny concluded that by sounding sacred texts and singing sacred vowels in these ancient languages, it's possible to transform physical reality by using sound to change its molecular structure. An interesting fact is that some crop circles duplicate the patterns Jenny created with sound, which has led scientists to theorize that crop circles may be formed by sound frequency anomalies. Now, um, I've probably told you guys this uh, before, but... Amy and I once watched a show on Discovery Channel or something, but these guys were showing, in Britain somewhere, were showing uh, how they made crop circles. And they filmed themselves making the crop circles. And after they made the crop circles, they would tell people that it was them that made the crop circles and the people would not believe them because they were so convinced that aliens made the crop circles. And it's so interesting to me how... During the 80s, crop circles were such a huge thing, and now you don't even hear about them anymore. I think it's funny, too. They're talking about, like, shapes and stuff. Like, oh, and by, by, it's by modifying the molecular structure. Well, what do you even mean by that? Right. Like, how do, like okay, say you modified the molecular structure. How would that make shapes in yeah. the sand? That wouldn't. It just, I mean, like, no, it yeah. might create a pattern, but it wouldn't create letters. It's like, this is, that doesn't even, like, make sense to what they're saying. Yeah. So it's just, I don't, I don't know. On page 96, now he's talking about the sound from heaven that penetrated the atmosphere on the day of Pentecost. Um, For several years, I've been praying about the purpose of this new sound and what it might look like. Recently, I've come to believe that certain aspects of this heavenly sound might be like Genesis 1, when God spoke into the void of space, the sound of his voice was so powerful, in fact, that it caused the universe to roar into existence at the speed of light. Through the sound of God's voice, divine energy was released, splitting the atoms and forming a heaven and earth suitable for the habitation of created man. 
Not long afterward, this created man, Adam, also heard the sound of God's voice in the garden, beckoning him to a deeper relationship with his creator. All this tells me is that a divine sound from heaven, or at least the sound of God's voice, can cause mind-boggling phenomena to happen. Now, was it because God made a noise like, brr, you know, or, or brr, you know, was it just because God made a sound that everything was created? He said, let there be light. Now, when he said, let there be light, water didn't happen. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be trees. There were trees. Let there be animals. There were So nothing happened because of some sound. What it was, it was the intent and the, and the will authority. of God and the authority. When he spoke it, it's what he wanted to happen. It wasn't, and it wasn't as a result of th that he made the sound. The sound is how he did it. it. It happened because he wanted it to happen and because He's it was ready. his will and his intent and for it to happen. Instead of making him out to be God, who he is, it's making him out to be some, you know, great magician. Right. who, you know, knows the right spells and that's how he created the universe. Mm -hmm. We're little magicians yeah. that, that can, you know, create in the same way. But instead, but God, by his own power and authority is how he created everything. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's only as it's we carry his authority through, through a, a changed life that, that we are going to be able to walk in the same authority. It's not as we discover the sound, it's as we discover... A relationship with Jesus that's founded in obedience and you know, right. and faith and love. So, and <laughs> and so keep in mind when we talk about sound that this is from people that believe in the name it and claim it. What I speak will happen. The laws of attraction, right? I speak it, it happens, and we're going to see that later in our study too. And so, when they're talking about sound, they're talking about how you can create what you want by speaking it because your words have the power of life and death. Now, words are powerful, right? If I say to someone, you're an idiot, then... That's hurtful. That's hurtful. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Words are not all powerful. If someone says to me, I'm an idiot, and I say, I'm not listening to that, I'm not believing that, then their words have no power over me, right? right. So words do have power, but they have limited power. That's good. And they are not all powerful. That's good. Um, recently, I've been pondering the similarities between the sound of God's voice in Genesis and the sound of a heavenly wind on the day of Pentecost in Acts. There, we're going back to back, Pentecost and stuff and saying it was the sound that did it. Again, it's not the sound that does it. It's God that did it. And honestly, he probably could have done it without speaking it. <laughs> he could have snapped his fingers and the same thing would have sure happened. He could. I begin to realize that the, just as the sound of God's voice to Adam was merely an introduction into other realms of encountering God, those in the upper room also heard a sound that opened them up to other realms of supernatural phenomena. Again, it was not any sound that did anything. It was the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. When he comes, he will baptize you with fire and with power. He didn't right? say wait for the sound. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say wait for the sound. Look at it. And so it continues. What they heard caused them to see fiery tongues, which caused them to feel drunk, which in turn caused them to speak in, heavenly, in a heavenly language. 
Again, it had nothing to do with the sound. The sound was a byproduct. The sound was, if I'm walk, you know, um, it's like when you're driving a car, right? I can hear the sound of the car going down the street. Is it the sound that's moving you down the street? No, it's the car that's moving you down the street. The, the, the motor <laughs> is, the sound is just the byproduct of the engine, right? Right. The sound is what the engine produces to get you from point A to point the B. The byproduct of the power of the engine. Um, now, now this book, now they're talking about frequencies and on page 170, and again, none of this is new. This is stuff that the New Age has been practicing at least since the 70s. Oh, tune into the frequencies, dude, you know, and the vibrations, and oh. And uh, on page 170, in the 1920s, Dr. Now, this, is, this again is, is just stuff that just makes me question, and it's like, I, I want to see proof of this. Okay, in the 1920s, Dr. Royal Royal Rife developed a machine that applied currents of specific frequencies to the body to cure a wide range of diseases with frequencies. Right, his research demonstrated that certain frequencies can prevent the development of disease, and that others would destroy disease. In 1934, the University of Southern California appointed a special medical research committee committee, sorry, to bring terminal cancer patients from Pasadena County Hospital to Rife's San Diego Clinic for treatment. The total recovery rate using Rife's technology was 100%. Let me ask you this. That was in 1934. Every year, millions of people die from cancer. Why is this guy's technology not Spread like wildfire. Especially as much money as we raise for cancer research. Yeah. And 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 there are scientists who have loved devoted ones die lives. of cancer. Yeah. They devoted their lives to What well, if, if it's really one hundred percent effective? You know, people all the time are saying, Oh, I wish there was a cure for cancer. If it were one hundred if it were one hundred percent effective, somebody would have started doing it if nothing if for no other reason than to make money off of it. Yeah. I, again, I find this so difficult to believe. In 1992, studies were conducted at Eastern State University in Cheney, Washington, determining that the average daytime frequency of the human body is 62 to 68 hertz. When a person's frequency drops, the immune system is compromised and the disease develops. Now, and again, there may be partial truths to that. Okay, yeah, whatever. Another example of the importance of body frequencies for health comes from a radiologist from Sweden, Bjorn Nordenstrom. In the early 1980s, he discovered that by putting an electrode inside a tumor and running a milliamp of direct current through the electrode, he could stop the growth of the tumor and cause it to dissolve. Again, why is this not widespread? If it's true, why is not everyone doing it? Why? Because people get tumors every day. People die from tumors. People die from cancer. Uh, I haven't done my research, so I don't know, but some people will make the argument that, like, oh, well, the medical industry doesn't make money off of this, and, like, if you cure cancer, then there won't be, like, a business for treating it. And So I don't know if anyone would make that argument. Yeah. Just I'd throw that out there, though. 
Yeah. Well, that is an argument, but well, the thing is, is, is they though. they make money. <laughs> Medical companies do make money, and, and that's why they're in business. They wouldn't be. In, I mean, you hear all the time about big pharma, and how big pharma, you know, is is making so much money and stuff. So they do make money off of it. I think her point is that maybe I think what you're saying is that that there's like no basically. I don't know what you're saying. No. No, No. like basically people might be like, well, if they cured cancer, then, you know, they wouldn't have to spend as much money on, like, curing it. Whereas if they're treating it, but they never fully get rid of it. Oh, okay. But since people people die so quickly of cancer, they don't really make as much money for a very long period of time. And the I mean, thing, the thing is, is, is there? It's obvious that there are spies in every industry that makes, you know, that has yeah. the potential of making money and stuff. Somebody would have found out, you know. Somebody would have duplicated it. Somebody would have found a way, so that if nothing else, either because they they love people enough that they want a cure, or they would have found a way to do it because. They they want to make money off of it. Somebody would yeah. have found a way if it's a hundred percent effective. Effective. Yeah. Somebody would have found a way. Somebody would have duplicated it, and yeah, it's just it's it. it if they haven't, it's because um, they they should be thrown in jail because how many people died because they didn't do something? It's like seeing a house burning and you don't do anything about it. Or again, and it's funny. Just, a lot of the the people that you know, it's like okay, well, I mean, this is getting a bit tangent, but it is just funny to me. Like you know, a lot of these people, you know, go into the like medical fields and stuff like that, wanting to help people and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, okay, then they get in there and they've spent all this time and effort and money to try to get into the medical field and oh now you have to be a part of this conspiracy like who's going to be up for that yeah <laughs> like you're like really yeah yeah the, the other it's thing true. about it is too is kind of even if it is a whatever whether that's effective or not effective it's kind of in part makes me feel like what's the point in putting it in a book about Jesus who taught us to just go out and lay hands on the sick for them to be healed now right. obviously we don't all operate in that gift, and we don't all, all operate in that gift 100% of the time. Not even not even we are operating in a gift 100% of the time. But what should we be seeking more? To draw closer to Christ and walk in obedience and holiness so that perhaps we will be more effective at laying hands on people and no. seeing healing? Or should we be seeking out these weird frequencies and things that the Bible doesn't even talk about? It seems much yeah. more plausible as a believer of course to seek out christ more and say lord you said we were going to heal people why aren't people being healed why is it my why is my effective rate like 20 percent when it should be 100 percent? i mean we're just going about all these little tangents that have nothing to do with jesus And, and the thing about it is is either way there would be a process of learning yeah. Whether you're going out in the name of Jesus and laying people on on laying hands on people and, and stuff, I mean, there's a process of learning, right? And same way, if you were going to go out and practice these things, there would be a process of learning. So, you're going to spend your time learning it. Are you going to learn about Jesus and learn how to do what Jesus said, or are you going to learn what the New Age says and and spend your time doing that? 
Okay, so let's talk about uh, vibrations. Because they were talking about how vib everything vibrates. Rocks vibrate, plants vibrate. There's vibration in everything. Vibrations vibrate. Oh. Like the Beach Boys said, good vibrations. In verse 23, it says, you've asked me what Page do you... Page 23, you can say What Whatever. Okay, well, I don't know. Page 23, it says, what do you think the sound was that came? Talking about Pentecost again. And you mentioned a vibration. I believe that the vibration takes place in us. There are negative and positive vibrations. A positive vibration is like a portal into heaven. A negative vibration is like cancer. When the which is interesting too because those aren't even those aren't equal. Okay, like as the positive is heaven and the negative is cancer. Wouldn't the negative, negative be death hell? or hell or something? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is too is like okay, I mean just stopping right there. What do you mean positive and negative vibrations? When right. you talk about resonant frequency, it does it resonate or does it not? Yeah. Like microwaves, microwaves, the things that warm up our food work based on resonant frequencies. Yeah. They resonate with water and they agitate it and make it go back and forth. And then there's friction and then it's like, okay, then yeah. it makes it warm. And that's a really that's, good point, too, because Stephen Bancars, who used to be big, big into the New Age and stuff, wrote a book, and now he's a believer. He wrote a book called uh, The Second Coming of the New Age. And he talks about how a lot of the science that these people use and that the New Agers use, both Christian and non-Christians, he says the science is just is terrible. It's not, it's not accurate. It's not real. And, and it's like, but it sounds good. And it especially sounds good to someone who's never studied it and stuff. So... Yeah. Uh, continuing on, it says, when the power comes, the positive will kill the negative. It's a vibration. Everything vi vibrates. Rocks, trees, everything vibrates. When we vibrate, I think it's opening a portal. The Old Testament speaks of windows or doors into heaven, and there are 300 of them. Again, what? show me where. <laughs> what? Where is Scripture? You're just not reading your Bible. He this doesn't is, even say. This is in the Old Testament. Are. It says, to me, they're like a funnel or a portal. There are 28 of them in the New Testament. Revelation 4.1 is about an open heaven, but it's really about an open portal and heaven coming down and touching earth. This is what I think happened on the day of Pentecost. So it's because you had pos they had positive vibrations that they were able to, to experience Pentecost, and, and it's positive vibrations that get you into heaven. Again, it's nothing to do with your relationship with God. Matter of fact, you know, someone doesn't even have to know God. Everyone has vibrations. Rocks, trees, unbelievers, believers, everybody <laughs> has rocks and uh, rocks. If you have positive vibrations, it'll open a portal into heaven for you. And then another thing, even if vibration, there were positive and negative vibrations, physics doesn't care think positive's good and negative's bad. They're just two, they're just two sides of a pole. Yeah. This has nothing to do with physics. Right. <laughs> And basically, what you're boiling it down to is yin and yang, which is, again, new age. Uh, everything in the earth is either positive or negative, good or evil, right? Light or dark and stuff. Not. And, and the thing is, is they say that you have to have the positive to balance out the negative, and you have to have the negative to balance out the positive. And stuff, and so there has to be negative, there has to be positive, and stuff like that. Well, Jesus said, "I came to destroy the works, works of, of the darkness. darkness. Yeah. I came to destroy the negative, and stuff." Yeah. Um, you have some thoughts, Cindy? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. I don't even know. <laughs> um, 
But when I was in the new age, I was into all the energy and stuff, and I, I did Reiki. Even, sadly, after becoming a new believer, because right. Christians who were into new agey stuff, much like what we're reading, um, you know, taught me that it was something that was okay to do. And, well, Jesus healed with energy, and that's yeah. how, you know, that's how people got healed is because of the energy. And basically, like... It'd be like Reiki would be like something that everyone can do, and like you have to go through these stages of initiation, mm. um, which is totally not like, you know, that it, it just reminds me of, uh, what, what's his name, Simon the magician. Yeah, Simon. Uh, yeah, I wanted to purchase the can, gift of God with money. Yeah, honors. purchase the gift of God, and like he was used to going. He was probably used to anyway going to like magic school where you have yeah. to do like initiation stuff right uh, well anyway like yeah but you're taught that oh well there's good energy and there's bad energy um or positive and negative um but then like really um what you get taught too is contradictory because you get taught that oh well the energy is god and it's all loving and it's neutral you know, to try to justify this not evil or something. But no. I'm like, how can it be neutral? Like white magic. If it's all loving. How can it be neutral if it's either positive or negative? You know, or, you know, if we're going to go with this energy that you heal with, this Reiki energy or this chi, uh, Kai? Whatever. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it. Chi. Yeah. Kai. Chi. Kai. Yeah. Chi. Whatever. I, I think don't know. I, I really need to get yeah. a dictionary. But, yeah. Um, that, you know, let's say that that's positive energy. Well... How can it be neutral then? You know yeah. what I mean? And right. then like, um, and, and then like, you know, in Reiki it was like, well, you're channeling this energy through the top of your head and it goes through your chakras and out of your hands and heals the patient. And it's it's like the chakras are basically, um, in, in Buddhism and Hinduism, mostly I think Hinduism, Buddhism has a different version of them, but um, like they're basically like, energy centers of the body and you have seven major ones but you have a bunch of other ones too and like they're basically kind of like portals like and each one has a different color and a different frequency and different like um different what is the word for that like different i don't know aspects that correlate to it like oh well well, the, the crown chakra is like your wisdom, and the third eye chakra is like your your, uh, your ability insight to into spiritual mm -hmm. matters. Right. And your heart chakra is, is you know, where your love and, and your emotion, you know? And so, like, just <clears throat> that type of thing. And, yeah, I've had experiences. I probably should have you, you know, too. and the thing is, is, you know why so many false religions and groups have levels that you attain to because they're earning their enlightenment or their it, version it's of that but it keeps you always dependent on dependent them. on them it keeps yeah, sure. you always searching always needing to find more oh there's another level that i need to get to there's i can't quit because i gotta get to this next level and i'm so close yeah it becomes addictive because it's, you, it's like you need to know more and more right it's and, like the carrot in front of the donkey and then New Age teachers make a lot of money, like uh, Doreen, what was her name? Doreen? Virtue. Virtue, who got, became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Sold lots of books before she became mm. a Christian. Yeah. I guess yeah. so did uh, 
uh, what's his name made millions, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. The other guy that was a New Age oh, teacher. Yeah. 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 Okay, so go moving on to quantum physics on page one ten. One ten. It says through quantum physics, science scientists have discovered that at the most basic level of existence, everything is constantly vibrating energy and that every particle also possesses a wave character and every wave possesses a particle character. But the fact that particles could become waves and waves become particles wasn't the only shock. What was even more shocking was that at the quantum level, the world no longer acted like a machine, but seemed to act more like something alive that senses the desire of the observer in response to it. This meant if I had a quantum clock, I, it just might tell me the time based on the time I expected it to be. So if I want it to be 10 p.m., there would be a probability that when I looked at my quantum watch, it will tell me that it's 10 p.m. just because that's the time I expect it to be. It's not... You know, when I expect it to be 8 o'clock... No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I could probably guess the time accurately. But again, it's the whole new age thing that I create my own reality. There is a really weird thing with quantum mechanics, but it's not based on what you want. It's based on whether there's an observer. And and a person doesn't have to... Like, uh, an electronic observer is equal to a person observer. But, you know, and it's not based on what they want to happen. It's just based on what will happen in either circumstance. It is really weird, but it has nothing to do with what you want. And and that's the thing with New Age and with the writers of this book. They're taking pseudoscience. And some good science. And they're saying, and they're actually saying it in a way that it sounds like it agrees with what they're saying. But again, what Stephen Mankar says, this is not truly science. Yeah, and I was And what they're saying is not truly science. Yeah, and I was watching a Ravi Zacharias. Mm -hmm. I was about to say book. A, no, watching, I watched a book, no, okay. I was watching a YouTube video, um, and he was, like, talking about how, like, Deepak Chopra and some other Mm -hmm. guy, like, he was talking with a physicist or something, like a quantum physicist or, Mm -hmm. or something like that, I forget who it was now, but, um, basically the quantum physicist is, like, like, why are you applying, like, spiritual stuff to this, you know, scientific stuff? Like, it, that's not how we interpret yeah. this. It's know? like oil and water. Yeah. So, in other words, the scientist was debunking that it had spiritual... Yeah, because it's like people who don't know anything about the, the science mm-hmm. are just, are making like, theories. making... Yeah, they're making spiritual theories out of it. Oh, okay. That the scientists would not even go there with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so there's a chapter that's called Strange Things Are Afoot, and I'm going to read part of that. Because of the great deal of strangeness afoot in quantum physics, it has inevitably attracted metaphysical interpretation. Most of that interpretation has leaned toward using quantum physics to reinforce Eastern mystical beliefs about the nature of the oneness of all reality and the power of human consciousness to create and manipulate that reality. So that's what this stuff is all about. This is what they're trying to get to. It says most of that interpretation is leaned toward using quantum physics to reinforce Eastern mystical beliefs about the nature of the oneness of all reality. We're all one. We're just all part of a big pot of soup and, and stuff. And we're all interrelated and all interconnected and stuff. And God is all in it and interconnected as well. And along with the trees and the bushes and, you know, the grass and everything. 
and the power of human consciousness to create and manipulate that reality. In his book, Science and the New Age Challenge, Ernest Lucas, now I'm going to read all these beliefs that New Agers believe that they're quoting, but they never say that we it's disagree not. with that right. they don't at all. Disagree with it. it says the first major concept is that the world, um, the world we live in is not the real world, but an illusion. Everything's an illusion. Nothing's real. That's what Christian science teaches. If I spill coffee on myself, if I believe it enough, that coffee won't burn me. Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Scientist, believed and told all of her disciples that she would never die. And yet she's in the grave today. It says a corollary to this, con it's like you can believe all day long that the sun's not going to rise tomorrow. And outside of an act of God, I'm telling you, the sun will rise. A corollary to this concept is that because of our childhood imprinting and societal programming, because we because of, we were taught in our childhood and we've been programmed by society, we don't see the world as it really is. It's like the Matrix, right? Once you believe you can dodge bullets, you you know. Be sure, sure and say when you're reading and you're not reading. <laughs> so can, no thanks. Make it obvious. The second major quantum mysticism concept is that the universe is a unified, interconnected whole. This translates to the idea that because all is one, then all must be God, which means that you are God, and your consciousness is an aspect of the divine consciousness. This is put. That's why. You were talking about how you, even after you were a Christian, you got into some New Age stuff because of other Christians who were into New Age stuff. And we have influential churches spreading the news that it's okay. It's okay to be New Age and Christian too. It's okay to believe these New Age beliefs. Believe that God's in everything. We are one and one is all and God's in us and I'm in God and, you know, we're all gods and stuff. And if you were to challenge them, the writers of this book, on some of those statements that you just read, they would say, well, we didn't say that it was okay. But the fact is they're not saying that it's not okay. They're, they're right. putting all this information out which teases... They're yep. promoting it, and exactly. they're not they're not saying, you know, New Age people believe this, and we don't agree with that. We want you to be careful and cautious. They're not they're not giving any caution they're, they're whatsoever. They're stating it, and they're stating it in detail. Can you read that one more time, just the last, the last sentence or two? It says, uh, the second major, well, I've got several to go through, so. Well, that wasn't really. The second major quantum mysticism concept is that the universe is a unified, interconnected whole. This translates to the idea that because all is one, then all must be God, which means that you are God and that your consciousness is an aspect of the divine consciousness. We're all God. And so there's nothing after that that they deny it, right? Because I don't no. see that. Page what page is that? 114. 114. The third key concept is the idea that because material reality needs an observer to make it assume material form, Human consciousness, in other words, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, will anyone hear it? Yes. Oh, well, no one will sound. hear it, but it will still make a sound because of the laws of nature, right? If a tree falls, it's going to make sound. Uh, it, it says the third con key concept is the idea that because material reality needs an observer to make it assume material form, like, okay, if I don't walk into the forest, if no one's in the forest, those trees ain't there. Okay, just... Human, 
Human consciousness, acting as individualized expressions of divine consciousness, has the power to create material reality. Wow. And that's why it's so important, the sounds and the words that you speak, because I'm creating my own reality. Here's a render distance. <laughs> Several early quantum physicists were inspired by mystical ideas, including, he names a bunch of... Later, quantum mysticism became a part of mainstream thought when Deepak Chopra's 1988 book, Quantum Healing, used quantum concepts to propose his theory of psychosomatic healing. And we all know that Deepak Chopra is a new age guru and followed and by millions of people that have nothing to do with Jesus. He, he has nothing to do with God. Uh, Chopra's New, New York Times bestseller, Ageless Body, Timeless Mind, claimed that healing and reversal of aging could be accomplished by adopting a quantum worldview. Well, I hate to tell you this, but Deepak Chopra is going to age and he's going to die of old age if he doesn't die of something else before that. The late... Go ahead. I was just curious if they also mentioned... I, for, I forget his name. David something... Do they basically do they mention the oh David Wilcock? Do they mention the source field inve investigations? In mm -mm. Okay, because this so. what you're reading from like really reminds me of that. Yeah. Book. Although it's been years and years and years, so I could be totally right. wrong. But <sighs> and there's so much stuff, but. Uh... He talks about the latest and perhaps most well-known theoretical physicist to embrace a mystical interpretation is Dr. Fred Allen Wolf. His appearance in the 2004 film, What the Blank, Do We Know, lent scientific credibility to the New Age philosophies pre presented in the film and popular popularized the term popping a quiff. Um, we'll talk about that more, but that's the whole idea of, like, if you're not watching it, it'll do something else and when you do watch it it'll do what you want it to do and stuff that's what they mean by popping a quiff sounds like farting <laughs> yeah uh what the blank became a grassroots phenomenon and was based on the teachings supposedly channeled from ramtha the thirty-five thousand year old spirit of a warrior from the lost continent of lemuria we're not saying that's bad at all Two years later, in 2006, Wolf appeared in The Secret, a film introdu introducing the law of attraction. Again, what you say will come back to you. Um, and again, all the name it and claim it teachers believe in the same thing. They, use, they just use verses to, to, to say why they believe it and stuff. Um, Wolf appeared in The Secret, a film introducing the law of attraction, a concept extrapolated from quantum physics that the observer can create material reality through intent. The secret was based on new thought teachings from the early 1900s and like what the blank was influenced by channeled messages from disembodied entities. From people who are dead. From demonic spirits. This next sentence is terrifying. If there were anything similar to a New Age Bible, it would be A Course in Miracles. He's advocating this as, oh, as, a, no, as a New Age real? Bible. A self-study oh, curriculum no. which aims to help at which aims at helping its readers achieve spiritual transformation through embracing mystical interpretations of quantum physics. Helen Schuchman wrote the book based on what she called an inner voice she identified as Jesus. Oh, wait, what about, doesn't Marianne Williamson have something to do with The Course in Miracles? I'm not sure. Isn't that crazy, though? This, like, 
again, giving, say it's a new Christian, giving the Christian this idea that the New Age and the Bible can go together, and that because Helen Schuchman wrote the book based on what she called an inner voice, she identifies as Jesus. Well, that must mean it's from God then. Which, again, stuff millions of non-believers. Joseph Smith heard an inner voice. Reminded me of Conversations of with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah. What is that one? Like? Uh, basically, like he writes down these conversations that he thinks he had with God, and uh, yeah. it's like him, t- him talking, and then God's response. And uh, I don't even remember what I read now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. It says, uh, modern culture is presently awash with metaphysical interpretations of quantum physics such as the law of attraction, the belief that everything has its own vibrational level and like attracts like, so to attract what you want must change your vibrational level to match it. You must, it says, to attract like, so to attract what you want, you must change your vibrational level to match it. Wow. The law of intent, the belief that our intent can change physical reality or make material things manifest from the realm of the unseen, and the law of thought vibration, your thoughts and emotions have either positive or negative vibrations and will cause manifestations in your life of things and experiences with similar vibrations. So if I want a squirrel, I just need to become a squirrel? You just need to (laughs) believe that the squirrel is already in your hand. Just like, again, the Matrix. Don't believe that you bend the spoon with your mind. Believe that the mind is already bent the spoon or something like that. As Phil Mason explains in his book, Quantum Glory, these key concepts, one, that the material world is really a field of cosmic energy and can be manipulated by consciousness, two, that we are all a part of a cosmically interconnected whole, and three, that our consciousness is an untapped resource that can shape reality, have... have emerged into a cluster of powerful ideas that have gripped the popular imagination of the Western world. And she goes on further to say, however, many quantum concepts, the stuff that we're talking about, appropriated by the New Age, are actually distortions of Christian spiritual truths, as you will discover in the following chapters. And in the following chapters, all they do is continue to go through the New Age and they don't ever get to scripture. The following chapter is called Quantum Mysticism. According to Wikipedia, quantum mysticism is the set of metaphysical beliefs and associated practices that seek to relate consciousness, intelligence, or mystical worldviews to the ideas of quantum mechanics and its interpretations. And then she, she says quantum mysticism centers around four main beliefs. First, that there is the belief of the in the power of consciousness to influence material reality. You can do it with your mind. In their book Quantum Enigma, Bruce Rosenblum and Fred Kuttner explain the mysticism inherent in quantum physics in this way. Physics has an embarrassing. Actually, I don't want to read all that That's anyway. A lot. Uh, Second, there is the belief in a single universal consciousness that permeates all things. In other words, we're all God and all a part of God and God God is is all. God is the universe. God is the universe. If you're in your closet, that means you are your closet. Right. (laughs) Quantum physics implies that everything that exists, even atoms and subatomic particles, has a form of consciousness sometimes called a mind and is interconnected through a universal consciousness, the one mind. This would explain, explain quantum entanglement effects also cause spooky, 
also called Spooky Action at a Distance by Einstein. Not sure what that is or whatever, but whatever. It says, a view of one interconnected consciousness in all things would explain this mystery because it would mean that one particle would be receiving its information on what was happening to the other particle from a non-local level of reality, the one consciousness. In other words, you wouldn't have to have cell phones. I would know what Cindy's doing right now. If, if Cindy was at her home and she is feeding her cat, I would automatically know that because we're connected. Third, there is a belief that everything, even our thoughts and emotions, emits energetic vibrations. Um, there is also belief that some vibrations are good for us and give off healing energy, while some vibrations give off damaging, unhealthy energy. States of higher consciousness are states of higher, more positive energy, while lower states of consciousness are due to negative energies. Therefore, most metaphysical New Age and Eastern healing modalities center around techniques for ridding ourselves of negative energies and balancing our flow of positive energy in order to reach states of better health and higher consciousness. Isn't that exactly what yoga does? The whole purpose of yoga is to balance out your energies, right? Mm -hmm. And Reiki and... Right. Fourth, there is the belief in a parallel universe. Quantum theories about parallel universes, other dimensions, and a multiverse cause us to wonder if there's another side to reality and it is that other side that is the origin of our consciousness and the real cause of everything that happens on this side. In other words, there's another universe somewhere where the real you lives. This is all fake. This is not real. This is not reality. This is just a, a fake, something caused by the real universe that you really live in. Well, it's like, well, why can't I tap into that, right? I guess they want us to tap into that. What we call the material world is the slag, the matter, everything that can be touched. The other side is everything else, the greater reality, the much bigger side of reality. Again, now you don't need heaven, right? Because we got this other reality that's better than this one. But it's not heaven where God lives. It's this other consciousness, this other plane, this other dimension. The one consciousness and other side theories also provide an explanation for the mystery of what happens when our body dies. If we assume that our actual origin, and this is the authors, this is not the people that write these other books. If we assume that our actual origin is the other side, an essential part of us commonly referred to as our soul continues to exist through quantum entanglement. Not only that, but our consciousness can continue, can continue to process and store information even after our physical death. This idea is corroborated by many reports of near-death or out-of-body experiences, even those that occurred when there was no brain activity. It says, people who have actually died and come back to life have been able to accurately describe all that was going on around them immediately after their death. But because of the nature of this other side where the soul originates as non-local, it must also mean that all souls, all souls are non-locally connected. All souls are somehow connected to one field of consciousness, one universal mind. This is unity. Yeah. It's not saying that... Unbelievers have a place where they go. Believers have a place where they go. There's just this other place where all souls are interconnected. It's like a pantheism. Yeah. I'm pretty sure maybe it was Carl Jung who called it the collective unconscious. Yeah. 
And all these places have starts from somewhere and people just take them and run with them and stuff. Fifth, there is a belief that mankind is evolving to higher levels of consciousness. I thought we as believers didn't believe in evolution. Quantum mysticism teaches that as we begin to more fully understand and experience the implications of the oneness of all things, we will take an evolutionary step of consciousness. At this higher level of consciousness, our experiences of being one with all that is will actually become a way of life and we will consistently be able to alter the nature of reality with our thoughts and intentions. This is a traditional view of what happens in enlightenment. Now it has a chapter called Compatibilities with Christianity. It's obvious that the New Age has used quantum physics as part Can of I its... Can I read this part? Because I've just really been reading this. I would love to read it. Um, the, what I find interesting about this part is it's a very... It's like two, two paragraphs. Um, and they're basically what doing what Dean was saying earlier. They're kind of trying to justify the writing of this book by making some little... Um, Excuses, I would call it more or less. It says, it's obvious that the New Age has used quantum physics as part of its belief structure, but are any of the ideas advanced by quantum mysticism compatible with Christianity? Yes, they are. Yes, th they are. I think the beliefs of quantum mysticism are compatible with Christianity in many ways, but are totally incompatible in a few most important ways. Uh, Christians and quantum mysticism part ways over four issues where God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit fit into the picture, what constitutes sin, where the Bible fits in, and what happens after we die. I won't go into these incompatibilities what? here. But we may read... <laughs> so so they're, they're giving this entire book, but they're not going to go into any details for the new Christian uh, a or... A book called The Physics of Heaven. So and, they're, they're and, not going... And nowhere in, in this book... Book. Does it go into those incompatibilities? Do they talk about any of those? Like, matter of fact, the Bible aren't even worth the. the they're not time. worth the right. time. Right. Page right. Space. Every right. everything in the book talks about the all the all the, all the awesome things of, yeah. of this the new age stuff and all these great wonderful things. They never once talk about the relationship of God in this. And the interesting they, thing and, too, and as we saw, they they completely do away with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And so. Not only does it say that they're not going to deal with these incompatibilities here, it says, but you may read them on the website, www.heavensphysics.com. You guys can go to that website. I've been to the website. I can't find anything on that website that talks about the incompatibilities. Yeah, they don't even give an exact page. Just go to the general yeah. website. You'll yeah, find it. yeah. Just go to the website, you'll find it, but it's not on the website. Where? In somebody else's comments on the website? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, the only thing on <laughs> the, the website is just more of this. More of this stuff. Um, however, there is much that we can agree on. Much. There is much we can agree on. In fact, as the author of some chapters in this book have mentioned... Listen to the statement. All truth is God's truth. and there I are have heard so many New Agers say that same yeah. thing. All truth is God's truth. And there are many precious God truths hidden in quantum mysticism for us to claim as our own. We will delve into just a few of them in the rest of this chapter. So it says, God truth, by faith we can speak things into existence. Christians believe that through faith, which could be considered a form of intent, we can affect changes in the material world, and as Romans 4.17 says, call the things that are not as if they are. Now let me read to you what Romans 4.17, because they said that by, through these quantum physics and everything, we can call things into existence that are not. 
And in Romans 4, 17 in the Bible, it says, starting in verse 16, For this reason it's by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. It is, as it is written, I have made you, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him, God, who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead, and God calls into being that which does not exist. So they used that scripture and the have. scripture that says God was the one that calls things into existence that do not exist. And they said, we can do that. Yeah. So and they... God. Yeah, and and so they just they just twisted the word of God, you know, and, and uh, again, it's just so so scary. I mean, again, it's just pure new age, and it's like like God is going to move through a particular sound. That God is not only is God going to move through a particular sound, but He's limited to a particular sound, like. Like, God's not able to move until he moves through this new sound. I just want to say, to answer uh, uh, her question, it says on page 25, a couple of times recently, in fact, I've been in beautiful praise when all of a sudden a new sound comes that I've never heard before. It's like it sets you on fire. This new sound is a string instrument, a wind instrument. So there's a new sound coming. Yeah. So, I mean, they're expecting it to actually be a physical thing that they hear. Um, talked about they, Rick Joyner talks about the next verse about there being a sound that was coming out of the ceiling. Everybody heard it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the next verse it says, "This coming new sound isn't just something that you pick up with your ears, just like you were saying, but it's greater than anything you can you can understand." It says it can change DNA, so that oh, we are genetically no. growing up. That sounds Is like that ionizing in the new radiation. Age, Cindy, that they teach that. Very much new age because, and I don't even know how to explain this because when you're in the new age, like you can read a belief and, and not even really understand what it's saying and be like, oh yeah, I believe that. So, yeah. like, yeah. But like, people basically believed that a new age was coming where, like, the earth was going to change to vibrating at a higher frequency and that this would change people's DNA and we'd have, like, you know, more psychic abilities and awakening and stuff like that yeah. wow you know and what's interesting is the new age when they talk about these stuff they talk about de uh they talk about um uh, uh what's darwin darwinism um evolution they speak it as in terms of evolution we will evolve into these new beings and these these higher beings and stuff like that and uh well it says we are becoming like instruments being tuned when our genetics are getting aligned with god's genetics and harmony right. with him and, and the thing is is there there are lots of people like buddhists they use sounds and stuff our our son our oldest son was trying to learn how buddhists do a singing where they can where they like that and and they can but they can hit two notes at the same time and stuff and so when they do that, though, they're trying to reach their consciousness or whatever and, and things like that. And uh, so, again, it's we're trying to imitate the world. We're trying to imitate Buddhists now. We're trying to imitate New Agers and stuff. And, well, it's good for them. You know, it'll work for us. This 
scary. Do you know, this is still, this is page 26. Do you know what a heart filtration is? It's two hearts. The lower heart gets out of harmony with the upper heart. And I'm afraid that our spirituality lower heart has gotten out of harmony with our upper heart. But when it gets back in harmony, we'll have the heart of God at that point. (laughs) So it's like, we need all this crazy stuff to happen in order for our heart to get right with God. And it has nothing to do with repenting. It has nothing to do with getting, with getting sin God. out of your heart, with no, with studying the Word of God, with praying. With the Spirit of God. It has. You can do all these things without by without the Word of God. You can do all these things without prayer. You just have to find the right frequency. Yeah. On page seventy six, under the power, it's called the power of sound. It says, for thousands of years, different cultures throughout the world have recognized that sound vibrations affect both human consciousness and the physical body. There are historical records of Islamic, Chinese, Hebrew, Egyptian, and Greek cultures using sound to instill cultural wisdom, create altered states of consciousness, and heal the sick. Is that what we want to do? Do we want to have altered state of states of consciousness no jesus never said alter your state of consciousness and heal the sick he said heal the sick yeah in his name yeah in his name in ancient greece plato and aristotle taught their students that illnesses were often the result of a disharmonious state of being a discordant resonant frequency and they saw music as a primary means of reestablishing a healthy resonance the term resonate literally means return to sound which i'm not sure if that's true uh, in Christian tradition, music has also been considered to have healing powers. Many of the great cathedrals in Europe were designed to be harmonic resonating chambers for sound and music to heal, amplify, and alter consciousness during worship and prayer. And again, there are statements in the book that I'm like, I'm not sure that that's true. I mean, I, I know that they're used for prayer, but again, state or alt, uh, altered states of consciousness well even if it is true that doesn't make it right but even if they really do have cathedrals like that it says gregorian chants were based on sophlogio frequencies special tones believed to have transformative power and impart spiritual blessing so again it's through the sounds that you get healed through the sounds that you get blessed and you know what what's the difference between what we're talking about and magic What's the difference? Because magic is basically just trying to manipulate like physical and spiritual that's right. forces for that's a spiritual right. result. For yeah. a result, that's good. And the sad part is, is that it just takes out the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of Jesus. Like the, there is power in the name of Jesus. We right. are to heal in the name of Jesus. We yeah. are to... Uh, cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We don't have to get out our sound frequency boards or or any kind of weird stuff like that. It's simple faith in the name of Jesus. And the thing is, is basically if you follow all this stuff, it gets you chasing after everything but Jesus. Yeah, because you feel like you haven't quite got it or or that person didn't get healed because I wasn't on the right frequency or something or... No. Or that person didn't get delivered from those demons because maybe I didn't bring a dolphin with me. I mean, I, I just, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. On page 77 of the book, it says, Modern scientific discoveries have recently joined the voice of ancient sacred writings to pull back the veil of ignorance that once shrouded the power of sound in God's universe. So if you're not doing this, it, you're in ignorance. 
Today, these applied sciences and technology and theologies can be woven together toward the redemptive understanding of sounds that heal, deliver, destroy, and open up portals in heavenly realms. Now, again, isn't that what all syncretism is? It's like, you, you know, you can have some of this and some of that, and you can have this hodgepodge and call it Christianity. And again, that is exactly what the new age is. We can believe what we want to believe because what's, what is true for me is, is, tr- is my truth. And I create my own reality. What do you think about the whole Christians referring to portals, Cindy? It freaks me out. <laughs> but okay, you, you obviously want Yeah, longer answer. Okay, um, like portals into other realities or... No, into heaven. Into heaven, which, you know, their definition of heaven. Well, we'll we're actually, we'll, we'll talk we're more gonna about that. We're going to talk about portals stuff, in a minute. Yeah. There's okay. more, Cindy, just wait. <laughs> well, okay, because, I, yeah, I've had my fair share of, um, yeah. Portal experiences. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> but, but, uh, in the new age. <laughs> but continuing on and stuff, and on page 88, it says, when the vowels of vowels, you know, A-B-E-I-O-U, of ancient sacred languages such as Hebrew, Sanskrit, Egyptian, and Tibetan Tibetan were pronounced, the vibration, okay, so this lady's experimenting with, with or this man is experimenting with vibration through sounds and stuff like that, and, and through sound, and it makes, it made these geometric shapes or whatever and stuff. When the vowels of ancient sacred languages such as Hebrew, Sanskrit, Egyptian, and Tibetan were pronounced, the vibration took the shape of the written symbols for these vowels. Again, I want to see that. I'm not just going to believe that they they said these words in Hebrew or Sanskrit or whatever like that or Tibetan and stuff like that. And when they said the words that the the sand that they that they were vibrating formed the vowels that they were using, I, I honestly have a very hard time with that. Now you may say that I'm small-minded or that I'm judgmental or whatever, but I really really have a problem with that. Jenny concluded that by sounding sacred texts and singing sacred vowels in these ancient languages, it's possible to transform physical reality by using sound to change its molecular structure. An interesting fact is that some crop circles duplicate the patterns Jenny created with sound, which has led scientists to theorize that crop circles may be formed by sound frequency anomalies. Now, um, I've probably told you guys this uh, before, but... Amy and I once watched a show on Discovery Channel or something, but these guys were showing in Britain somewhere, were showing uh, how they made crop circles. And they filmed themselves making the crop circles. And after they made the crop circles, they would tell people that it was them that made the crop circles and the people would not believe them because they were so convinced that aliens made the crop circles. And it's so interesting to me how during the 80s, crop circles were such a huge thing, and now you don't even hear about them anymore. I think it's funny, too. They're talking about, like, shapes and stuff. Like, oh, and by, by, it's by modifying the molecular structure. Well, what do you even mean by that? Right. Like, how do, like okay, say you modified the molecular structure. How would that make shapes in yeah. the sand? That wouldn't. It just, I mean, like, no, I mean, yeah. it might create a pattern, but it wouldn't create letters. It's like, this is, that doesn't even, like, make sense to what they're saying. Yeah. So it's just, I don't, I don't know. 
On page 96, now he's talking about the sound from heaven that penetrated the atmosphere on the day of Pentecost. Um, for several years, I've been praying about the purpose of this new sound and what it might look like. Recently, I've come to believe that certain aspects of this heavenly sound might be like Genesis 1, when God spoke into the void of space. The sound of his voice was so powerful, in fact, that it caused the universe to roar into existence at the speed of light. Through the sound of God's voice, divine energy was released, splitting the atoms and forming a heaven and earth suitable for the habitation of created man. Not long afterward, this created man, Adam, also heard the sound of God's voice in the garden, beckoning him to a deeper relationship with his creator. All this tells me is that a divine sound from heaven, or at least the sound of God's voice, can cause mind-boggling phenomena to happen. Now, was it because God made a noise like, brr, you know, or, or brr, you know, was it just because God made a sound? that everything was created? He said, let there be light. Now, when he said, let there be light, water didn't happen. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be trees, there were trees. Let there be animals, there were So nothing happened because of some sound. What it was, it was the intent and the will of God and the authority when he spoke it, it's what he wanted to happen. It wasn't, and it wasn't as a result of th that he made the sound. The sound is how he did it. it. It happened because he wanted it to happen and because it was his will and his intent and for it to happen. Instead of making him out to be God, who he is, it's making him out to be some, you know, great magician right. who, you know, knows the right spells and that's how he created the universe. Mm -hmm. We're little magicians. Yeah. That, they can, you know, create in the same way, but instead, but God, by His own power and authority, is how He created everything. Yeah. And and it's and it's only as it's we carry His authority through through a, a changed life that that we are going to be able to walk in the same authority. It's not as we discover the sound; it's as we discover a relationship with Jesus that's founded in obedience and you right. know, in faith and love. So. And, and so keep in mind when we talk about sound that this is from people that believe in the name it and claim it. What I speak will happen. The laws of attraction, right? I speak it, it happens. And we're going to see that later in our study too. And so when they're talking about sound, they're talking about how you can create what you want by speaking it because your words have the power of life and death. Now words are powerful, right? If I say to someone, you're an idiot, then... That's hurtful. That's hurtful. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Words are not all powerful. If someone says to me, I'm an idiot, and I say, I'm not listening to that, I'm not believing that, then their words have no power over me, right? Right. So words do have power, but they have limited power. That's good. And they are not all powerful. That's good. Um, recently, I've been pondering the similarities between the sound of God's voice in Genesis and the sound of a heavenly wind on the day of Pentecost in Acts. There we're going back to Pentecost and stuff and saying it was the sound that did it. Again, it's not the sound that does it. It's God that did it. And honestly, he probably could have done it without speaking it. <laughs> he could have snapped his fingers and the same thing would have sure happened. He could. I begin to realize that the, just as the sound of God's voice to Adam was merely an introduction into other realms of encountering God, those in the upper room also heard a sound 
that opened them up to other realms of supernatural phenomena. Again, it was not any sound that did anything. It was the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. When he comes, he will baptize you with fire and with power. He didn't say wait for the sound. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't say wait for the sound. Look at it. And so it continues. What they heard caused them to see fiery tongues, which caused them to feel drunk, which in turn caused them to speak in in a heavenly language. Again, it had nothing to do with the sound. The sound was a byproduct. The sound was if I'm walk, you know, um, it's like when you're driving a car, right? I can hear the sound of the car going down the street. Is it the sound that's moving you down the street? No, it's the car that's moving you down the street. The the motor (laughs) is, the sound is just the byproduct of the engine, right? Right. The sound is what the engine produces to get you from point A to point B. The byproduct of the power of the engine. Um, Now, Now this book, now they're talking about frequencies. And on page 170, and again, None of this is new. This is stuff that the New Age has been practicing at least since the 70s. Oh, tune into the frequencies, dude, you know, and the vibrations, and oh. And on page 170, in the 1920s, Dr. Now, this this again is is just stuff that just makes me question, and it's like, I want to see proof of this, okay? In the 1920s, Dr. Royal... Royal Rife developed a machine that applied currents of specific frequencies to the body to cure a wide range of diseases with frequencies, right? His research demonstrated that certain frequencies can prevent the development of disease and that others would destroy disease. In 1934, the University of Southern California appointed a special medical research committee committee, sorry, to bring terminal cancer patients from Pasadena County Hospital to Rife's San Diego Clinic for treatment. The total recovery rate using Rife's technology was 100%. Let me ask you this. That was in 1934. Every year, millions of people die from cancer. Why is this guy's technology not spread like wildfire especially as much money as we raise for cancer research yeah and 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 there are scientists who have loved ones die of cancer yeah they devoted their lives to what if if it's really 100 percent effective you know people all the time are saying oh i wish there was a cure for cancer if it were 100 if it were 100 percent effective somebody would have started doing it if nothing, if for no other reason than to make money off of it. Yeah. I, again, I find this so difficult to believe. In 1992, studies were conducted at Eastern State University in Cheney, Washington, determining that the average daytime frequency of the human body is 62 to 68 hertz. When a person's frequency drops, the immune system is compromised and the disease develops. Now, and again, there may be partial truths to that. Okay, yeah, whatever. Another example of the importance of body frequencies for health comes from a radiologist from Sweden, Bjorn Nordenstrom. In the early 1980s, he discovered that by putting an electrode inside a tumor and running a milliamp of direct current through the electrode, he could stop the growth of the tumor and cause it to dissolve. Again, why is this not widespread? 
If it's true, why is not everyone doing it? Why? Because people get tumors every day. People die from tumors. People die from cancer. Uh, I haven't done my research, so I don't know, but some people will make the argument that, like, oh, well, the medical industry doesn't make money off of this, and, like, if you cure cancer, then there won't be, like, a business for treating it. And So I don't know if anyone would make that argument. Just thought I'd throw that out there, though. Yeah, well, that is an argument, but well, the thing is, is, is they though. they make money. <laughs> Medical companies do make money, and, and that's why they're in business. They wouldn't be, in, I mean, you hear all the time about big pharma and how big pharma, you know, is, is making so much money and stuff. So they do make money off of it. I think her point is that maybe, I think what you're saying is that, that there's, like, no, basically... I don't know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> no. No. Like basically, people might be like, well, if they cured cancer, then, you know, they wouldn't have to spend as much money on, like, curing it. But, wow. Whereas if they're treating it, but they never fully get rid yeah. of it. Oh, okay. Then, I see what you're saying. Then but since yeah. people die so... conditions that they do basically cure, and then it's... But since people die so quickly of cancer, they don't really make as much money for a very long the, period of the time. The thing is... <laughs> And the I mean, thing, the thing is, is, is there, it's obvious that there are spies in every industry that makes, you know, that has yeah. the potential of making money and stuff. Somebody would have found out, you know, somebody would have duplicated it. Somebody would have found a way so that if nothing else, either because they, they love people enough that they want a cure or they would have found a way to do it because they, they want to make money off of it. Somebody would yeah. have found a way if it's 100% effective. effective. Yeah. Somebody would have found a way. Somebody would have duplicated it. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it, it, if they haven't, it's because um, they, they should be thrown in jail because how many people died because they didn't do something? It's like seeing a house burning and you don't do anything about it. Or again, and it's funny. Just, a lot of the the people that you know, it's like, okay, well, I mean, this is getting a bit tangent, but it is just funny to me. Like, you know, a lot of these people, you know, go into the like medical fields and stuff like that, wanting to help people and stuff like that, and it's like, uh, okay, then they get in there and they've spent all this time and effort and money to try to get into the medical field and oh now you have to be a part of this conspiracy like who's going to be up for that yeah. <laughs> like real like really yeah yeah, yeah. the other it's thing true. about it is to is kind of even if it is a whatever whether that's effective or not effective it's kind of in part makes me feel like what's the point in putting it in a book about Jesus who taught us to just go out and lay hands on the sick for them to be healed now right. obviously we don't all operate in that gift, and we don't all, all operate in that gift 100% of the time. Not even, not even we are operating in a gift 100% of the time. But what should we be seeking more? To draw closer to Christ and walk in obedience and holiness so that perhaps we will be more effective at laying hands on people and no. seeing healing? Or should we be seeking out these weird frequencies and things that the Bible doesn't even talk about? It seems much yeah. more plausible as a believer of course to seek out Christ more and say Lord you said we were going to heal people why aren't people being healed why is it my why is my effective rate like 
20% when it should right. be 100%. I mean, we're just going about all these little tangents that have nothing to do with Jesus. And, and the thing about it is, is either way, there would be a process of learning. Yeah. Whether you're going out in the name of Jesus and laying people on, on yes. laying hands on people and, and stuff. I mean, there's a process of learning, right? And same way, if you were going to go out and practice these things, there would be a process of learning. So you're going to spend your time learning it. Are you going to learn about Jesus and learn how to do what Jesus said? Or are you going to learn what the New Age says and, and spend your time doing that? Okay, so let's talk about uh, vibrations. Because they were talking about how vi everything vibrates. Rocks vibrate, plants vibrate. There's vibration in everything. Vibrations vibrate. Like the Beach Boys said, good vibrations. In verse 23, it says, you've asked me what... Page you 23, you can say in verse. Whatever. Okay, well, I don't know. Page 23, it says, what do you think the sound was that came? Talking about Pentecost again. And you mentioned a vibration. I believe that the vibration takes place in us. There are negative and positive vibrations. A positive vibration is like a portal into heaven. A negative vibration is like cancer. When the which is interesting too, because those aren't even those aren't equal. Okay, like as the a, positive is heaven and the negative is cancer. Wouldn't the negative, negative be death hell? or hell or something? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is too is like okay, I mean just stopping right there. What do you mean positive and negative vibrations? When right. you talk about resonant frequency, it does it resonate or does it not? Yeah. Like microwaves, microwaves, the things that warm up our food, work based on resonant frequencies. Yeah. They resonate with water and they agitate it and make it go back and forth. And then there's friction and then it's like, okay, then yeah. it makes it warm. And that's a really that's, good point, too, because Stephen Bancars, who used to be big, big into the New Age and stuff, wrote a book, and now he's a believer. He wrote a book called uh, The Second Coming of the New Age. And he talks about how a lot of the science that these people use and that the New Agers use, both Christian and non-Christians, he says the science is just is terrible. It's not, it's not accurate. It's not real. And, and it's like, but it sounds good. And it especially sounds good to someone who's never studied it and stuff. So... Yeah. Uh, continuing on, it says, when the power comes, the positive will kill the negative. It's a vibration. Everything vi vibrates. Rocks, trees, everything vibrates. When we vibrate, I think it's opening a portal. The Old Testament speaks of windows or doors into heaven, and there are 300 of them. Again, what? show me where. <laughs> what? Where is Scripture? This is in the Old Testament. Are. It says, to me, they're like a funnel or a portal. There are 28 of them in the New Testament. Revelation 4.1 is about an open heaven, but it's really about an open portal and heaven coming down and touching earth. This is what I think happened on the day of Pentecost. So it's because you had pos they had positive vibrations that they were able to, to experience Pentecost, and, and it's positive vibrations that get you into heaven. But that Again, it's nothing to do with your relationship with God. Matter of fact, you know, someone doesn't even have to know God. Everyone has vibrations. Rocks, trees, unbelievers, believers. Everybody <laughs> has rocks and uh, rocks. If you have positive vibrations, it'll open a portal into heaven for you. And then another thing, even if vibration, there were positive and negative vibrations. Physics doesn't care. Think positives good and negatives bad. They're just two. They're just two sides of a pole. Yeah. This has nothing to do with physics. Right. <laughs> And basically, what you're boiling it down to is yin and yang, which is, again, new age. Uh, everything in the earth is either positive or negative, good or evil. 
right? Light or dark and stuff, not... And, and the thing is, is they say that you have to have the positive to balance out the negative and you have to have the negative to balance out the positive and stuff. And so there has to be negative, there has to be positive and stuff like that. Well, Jesus said, I came to destroy the Parts works of, of the darkness. darkness. Yeah. I came to destroy the negative and stuff. Yeah. Um, Do you have some thoughts, Cindy? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. I don't even know what to begin. Um, but when I was in the New Age, I was into all the energy and stuff and I, I did Reiki even sadly after becoming a new believer because right. Christians who were into new agey stuff much like what we're reading um, you know taught me that it was something that was okay to do and well Jesus healed with energy and that's yeah. how you know that's how people got healed is because of the energy and basically like It'd be like Reiki would be like something that everyone can do, and like you have to go through these stages of initiation, mm. um, which is totally not like you know, that it, it just reminds me of uh, what, what's his name, Simon the Magician? Yeah, Simon, uh, was, yeah, I wanted he to purchase the can, gift of God with yeah, money, yeah, purchase the gift of God, and like he was used to going, he was probably used to anyway going to like magic school where you have yeah. to do like initiation stuff right uh well anyway like yeah but you're taught that oh well there's good energy and there's bad energy um or positive and negative um but then like really um what you get taught too is contradictory because you get taught that oh well the energy is god and it's all loving and it's neutral you know, to try to justify this not evil or something. But no. I'm like, how can it be neutral? Like white magic. If it's all loving. How can it be neutral if it's either positive or negative? You know, or, you know, if we're going to go with this energy that you heal with, this Reiki energy or this chi, uh, Kai, whatever. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it. Chi. Kai. Kai. Yeah. Chi, whatever. I, I think don't there's know. Multiple I, I really need to get yeah. a dictionary. But yeah. Um, that, you know, let's say that that's positive energy. Well, how can it be neutral then? You know yeah. what I mean? And um, then like, um, and, and then like, you know, in Reiki it was like, well, you're channeling this energy through the top of your head and it goes through your chakras and out of your hands and heals the patient. And it's, it's like the chakras are basically, um, in, in Buddhism and Hinduism, mostly I think Hinduism, Buddhism has a different version of them, but, um, like they're basically like, energy centers of the body and you have seven major ones but you have a bunch of other ones too and like they're basically kind of like portals like and each one has a different color and a different frequency and different like um different what is the word for that like different i don't know aspects that correlate to it like oh well well, the, the crown chakra is like your wisdom, and the third eye chakra is like your your, uh, your ability insight to into spiritual mm -hmm. matters. Right. And your heart chakra is, is you know, where your love and, and your emotion, you know? And so, like, just <clears throat> that type of thing. And, yeah, I've had experiences. I probably should have you, you, you know, too. and the thing is, is, you know why so many false religions and groups have levels that you attain to? Mm -hmm. 
Because they're earning their enlightenment or their it, version of It's adoption. that, but it keeps you always dependent on, dependent them. on them. It keeps yeah, you sure. always searching, always needing to find more. Oh, there's another level that I need to get to. There's I can't quit because I got to get to this next level and I'm so close. Yeah, it becomes addictive because it's, you, it's like, you need to know more and more. Right. It's and, like the carrot in front of the donkey. And then new age teachers make a lot of money, like uh, Doreen. What was her name? Doreen Virtue, Virtue who got became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Sold lots of books before she became yeah. a Christian. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Did uh, uh, what's his name? Made millions, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. The other guy that was a new age oh, teacher. Yeah. 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 Okay, so go moving on to quantum physics on page one ten. 110. It says, through quantum physics, science, scientists have discovered that at the most basic level of existence, everything is constantly vibrating energy and that every particle also possesses a wave character and every wave possesses a particle character. But the fact that particles could become waves and waves become particles wasn't the only shock. What was even more shocking was that at the quantum level, the world no longer acted like a machine, but seemed to act more like something alive that senses the desire of the observer in response to it. This meant if I had a quantum clock, it just might tell me the time based on the time I expect it to be. So if I want it to be 10 p.m., there would be a probability that when I looked at my quantum watch, it will tell me that it's 10 p.m. just because that's the time I expect it to be. It's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I expect it to be 8 o'clock. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Actually, but, I could probably guess the time accurately. So but <laughs> again, it's the whole new age guess. thing that I create my own reality. There is a really weird thing with quantum mechanics, but it's not based on what you right. want. It's based on whether there's an observer. And, and a person doesn't have to... Per, like, uh, an electronic observer is equal to a person observer. But... You know, and it's not based on what they want to happen. Right. It's just based on what will happen in either right. circumstance. It is really weird, but it has nothing yeah. to do with what you want. And, and that's the thing with New Age and with the writers of this book. They're taking pseudoscience. And some good science. And they're saying, and they're actually saying it in a way that it sounds like it agrees with what they're saying. But again, what Stephen Mankar says, this is not truly science yeah and, I was and what they're that. saying is not truly science yeah and i was watching a ravi zacharias mm-hmm. uh, i was about to say book a no watching i watched a book no okay i was watching a youtube video um and he was like talking about how like deepak chopra and some other mm-hmm. guy like he was talking with a physicist or something like a quantum physicist or, mm-hmm. or something like that i forget who it was now but um, basically, the quantum physicist is like, like, why are you applying like spiritual stuff to this, you know, scientific stuff? Like, it, that's not how we interpret yeah. this. You it's know? like oil and water. Yeah. So in other words, the scientist was debunking that it had spiritual. Yeah, because it's like people who don't know anything about the the science. Mm-hmm. Are just are making like theories. making yeah they're making spiritual theories out of it oh, okay. that the scientists would not even go there with it you know what I mean yeah. okay okay so there's a chapter that's called strange things are afoot and I'm gonna read part of that because of the great deal of strangeness afoot in quantum physics it has inevitably attracted metaphysical interpretation. Most of that interpretation has leaned toward using quantum physics to reinforce Eastern mystical beliefs 
about the nature of the oneness of all reality and the power of human consciousness to create and manipulate that reality. So that's what this stuff is all about. This is Can what they're trying again, to get to. Yeah. <clears throat> it says most of the interp that interpretation is leaned toward using quantum physics to reinforce Eastern mystical beliefs about the nature of the oneness of all reality. We're all one. We're just all part of a big pot of soup and, and stuff. And we're all interrelated and all interconnected and stuff. And God is all in it and interconnected as well. And along with the trees and the bushes and, you know, the grass and everything. And the power of human consciousness to create and manipulate that reality. In his book, Science and the New Age Challenge, Ernest Lucas, now I'm going to read all these beliefs that New Agers believe that they're quoting, but they never say that... We it's disagree wrong. with that. Right. They don't at all. disagree with it. It says the first major concept is that the world um the world we live in is not the real world but an illusion. Everything's an illusion. Nothing's real. That's what Christian science teaches. If I spill coffee on myself, if I believe it enough, that coffee won't burn me. Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Scientists, believed and told all of her disciples that she would never die, and yet she's in the grave today. Says so a corollary to this con it's like you can believe all day long that the sun's not gonna rise tomorrow. And outside of an act of God, I'm telling you the sun will rise. A corollary to this concept is that because of our childhood imprinting and societal programming, because we because of, we were taught in our childhood and we've been programmed by society, we don't see the world as it really is. It's like the matrix, right? Once you believe you can dodge bullets, you, you know, and all this stuff. Be sure and say when you're reading and you're not reading. <laughs> no thanks. The second major quantum mysticism concept is that the universe is a unified, interconnected whole. This translates to the idea that because all is one, then all must be God, which means that you are God and your consciousness is an aspect of the divine consciousness. This is put, that's why you were talking about how you, even after you were a Christian, you got into some new age stuff because of other Christians who were into new age stuff. And we have influential churches spreading the news that it's okay. It's okay to be new age and Christian too. It's okay to believe these new age beliefs. Believe that God's in everything. We are one and one is all and God's in us and I'm in God and you know we're all gods and stuff. And if you were to challenge them, the writers of this book on some of those statements that you just read, they would say, well we didn't say that it was okay. But the fact is they're not saying that it's not okay. They're, they're all right. putting all this information out which teases... They're yep. promoting it, and exactly. they're not they're not saying, you know, new age people believe this, and we don't agree with that. We want you to be careful and cautious. They're not they're not giving any caution they're, they're whatsoever. They're stating it, and they're stating it in detail. Can you read that one more time? Just the last the last sentence or two. It says uh, the second major. Well, I've got several to go through. So well, that wasn't really the second major quantum mysticism concept is that the universe is a unified, interconnected whole. This translates to the idea that because all is one, then all must be God, which means that you are God and that your consciousness is an aspect of the divine consciousness. We're all God. And so there's nothing after that that they deny it, right? Because I don't no. see that. 
Page what page is that? 114. 114. The third key concept is the idea that because material reality needs an observer to make it assume material form, human consciousness, in other words, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, will anyone hear it? Yes. Oh, well, no one will sound. hear it, but it will still make a sound because of the laws of nature, right? If a tree falls, it's going to make sound. Uh, it, it says the third con key concept is the idea that because material reality needs an observer to make it assume material form like okay if I don't walk into the forest if no one's in the forest those trees ain't there just... human, human consciousness acting as individualized expressions of divine consciousness has the power to create material reality wow and that's why it's so important, the sounds and the words that you speak, because I'm creating my own reality. Here's a render distance. <laughs> Several early quantum physicists were inspired by mystical ideas, including, he names a bunch of... Later quantum mysticism became a part of mainstream thought when Deepak Chopra's 1988 book, Quantum Healing, used quantum concepts to propose his theory of psychosomatic healing. And we all know that Deepak Chopra is a new age guru and followed and by an millions of people that have nothing to do with Jesus. He, he has nothing to do with God. Uh, Chopra's new, new York Times bestseller, Ageless Body, Timeless Mind, claimed that healing and reversal of aging could be accomplished by adopting a quantum worldview. Well, I hate to tell you this, but Deepak Chopra is going to age and he's going to die of old age if he doesn't die of something else before that. The late. Go ahead. I was just curious if they also mentioned. I, for, I forget his name. David something. Do they basically do they mention the? Oh, David Wilcock. Do they mention the source field investigations? In mm -mm. Okay, because this so. what you're reading from like really reminds me of that. Yeah. Although it's been years and years and years, so I could be totally right. wrong. But. <sighs> and there's so much stuff, but. Uh, he talks about the latest and perhaps most well-known theoretical physicist to embrace a mystical interpretation is Dr. Fred Allen Wolf. His appearance in the 2004 film, What the Blank Do We Know, lent scientific credibility to the New Age philosophies pre presented in the film and popular popularized the term popping a quiff. Um, we'll talk about that more, but that's the whole idea of like if you're not watching it, it'll do something else and when you do watch it it'll do what you want it to do and stuff that's what they mean by popping a quiff sounds like farting <laughs> yeah uh what the blank became a grassroots phenomenon and was based on the teachings supposedly channeled from ramtha the thirty-five thousand year old spirit of a warrior from the lost continent of lemuria we're not saying that's bad at all Two years later, in 2006, Wolf appeared in The Secret, a film introdu introducing the law of attraction. Again, what you say will come back to you. Um, and again, all the name it and claim it teachers believe in the same thing. They, use, they just use verses to, to, to say why they believe it and stuff. Um, Wolf appeared in The Secret, a film introducing the law of attraction, a concept extrapolated from quantum physics that the observer can create material reality through intent. The secret was based on new thought teachings from the early 1900s and like what the blank was influenced by channeled messages from disembodied entities. From people who are dead. 
from demonic spirits. This next sentence is terrifying. If there were anything similar to a New Age Bible, it would be A Course in Miracles. He's advocating this as a a New Age Bible. A self-study curriculum which aims to help at which aims at helping its readers achieve spiritual transformation through embracing mystical interpretations of quantum physics. Helen Schuchman wrote the book based on what she called an inner voice she identified as Jesus. Oh, wait, what about... Doesn't Marianne Williamson have something to do with The Course in Miracles? I'm not sure. Isn't that crazy, though? This, like, again, giving... Say it's a new Christian... Giving the Christian this idea that the New Age and the Bible can go together and that because Helen Schuchman wrote the book based on what she called an inner voice, she identifies as Jesus. Well, that must mean it's from God then. Which, again, stuff millions of non-believers. Joseph Smith heard an inner voice Reminded me of Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah. What is that one? Uh, Basically, like, he writes down these conversations that he thinks he had with God and it's like him... him talking and then God's response. And uh, I don't even remember what I read now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long, but yeah. It says, uh, Modern culture is presently awash with metaphysical interpretations of quantum physics such as the law of attraction, the belief that everything has its own vibrational level and like attracts like, so to attract what you want must change your vibrational level to match it. You must, it says, to attract like, so to attract what you want, you must change your vibrational level to match it. Wow. The law of intent, the belief that our intent can change physical reality or make material things manifest from the realm of the unseen, and the law of thought vibration, your thoughts and emotions have either positive or negative vibrations and will cause manifestations in your life of things and experiences with similar vibrations. So if I want a squirrel, I just need to become a squirrel? You just need to (laughs) believe that the squirrel is already in your hand. Just like, again, the Matrix. Don't believe that you bend the spoon with your mind. Believe that the mind is already bent the spoon or something like that. As Phil Mason explains in his book, Quantum Glory, these key concepts, one, that the material world is really a field of cosmic energy and can be manipulated by consciousness, two, that we are all a part of a cosmically interconnected whole, and three, that our consciousness is an untapped resource that can shape reality, have... have emerged into a cluster of powerful ideas that have gripped the popular imagination of the Western world. And she goes on further to say, however, many quantum concepts, the stuff that we're talking about, appropriated by the New Age, are actually distortions of Christian spiritual truths, as you will discover in the following chapters. And in the following chapters, all they do is continue to go through the New Age... And they don't ever get to scripture. The following chapter is called Quantum Mysticism. According to Wikipedia, quantum mysticism is the set of metaphysical beliefs and associated practices that seek to relate consciousness, intelligence, or mystical worldviews to the ideas of quantum mechanics and its interpretations. And then she, she says quantum mysticism centers around four main beliefs. First, that there is the belief of the in the power of consciousness to influence material reality. You can do it with your mind. In their book Quantum Enigma, Bruce Rosenblum and Fred Kuttner explain the mysticism inherent in quantum physics in this way. Physics as an embarrassing 
actually, I don't want to read all that. That's anyway. a lot. <laughs> uh, second, there is the belief in a single universal consciousness that perme- permeates all things. In other words, we're all God and all a part of God and God, God is, is all. God is the universe. God is the if universe. If you're in your closet, that means you are your closet. Right. <laughs> Quantum physics implies that everything that exists, even atoms and subatomic subatomic particles has a form of consciousness sometimes called a mind and is interconnected through a universal consciousness the one mind this would explain explain quantum entanglement effects also called spooky also called spooky action at a distance by einstein not sure what that is or whatever but whatever says a view of one interconnected consciousness in all things would explain this mystery because it would mean that one particle would be receiving its information on what was happening to the other particle from a non-local level of reality, the one consciousness. In other words, you wouldn't have to have cell phones. I would know what Cindy's doing right now. If, if Cindy was at her home and she is feeding her cat, I would automatically know that because we're connected. Third, there is a belief that everything, even our thoughts and emotions, emits energetic vibrations. Um, there is also belief that some vibrations are good for us and give off healing energy, while some vibrations give off damaging, unhealthy energy. States of higher consciousness are states of higher, more positive energy, while lower states of consciousness are due to negative energies. Therefore, most metaphysical New Age and Eastern healing modalities center around techniques for ridding ourselves of negative energies and balancing our flow of positive energy in order to reach states of better health and higher consciousness. Isn't that exactly what yoga does? The whole purpose of yoga is to balance out your energies, right? Mm -hmm. And Reiki and... Fourth, there is the belief in a parallel universe. Quantum theories about parallel universes, other dimensions, and a multiverse cause us to wonder if there's another side to reality and it is that other side that is the origin of our consciousness and the real cause of everything that happens on this side. In other words, there's another universe somewhere where the real you lives. This is all fake. This is not real. This is not reality. This is just a a fake, something caused by the real universe that you really live in. Well, it's like, well, why can't I tap into that, right? I guess they want us to tap into that. What we call the material world is the slag, the matter, everything that can be touched. The other side is everything else, the greater reality, the much bigger side of reality. Again, now you don't need heaven, right? Because we got this other reality that's better than this one. But it's not heaven where God lives. It's this other consciousness, this other plane, this other dimension. The one consciousness and other side theories also provide an explanation for the mystery of what happens when our body dies. If we assume that our actual origin, and this is the authors, this is not the people that write these other books. If we assume that our actual origin is the other side, an essential part of us commonly referred to as our soul continues to exist through quantum entanglement. Not only that, but our consciousness can can continue to process and store information even after our physical death. This idea is corroborated by many reports of near-death or out-of-body experiences, even those that occurred when there was no brain activity. I don't even understand anymore. (laughs) 
It says, people who have actually died and come back to life have been able to accurately describe all that was going on around them immediately after their death. But because of the nature of this other side where the soul originates as non-local, it must also mean that all souls, all souls are non-locally connected. All souls are somehow connected to one field of consciousness, one universal mind. This is unity. Yeah. It's not saying that unbelievers have a place where they go. Believers have a place where they go. There's just this other place where all souls are interconnected. It's like a pantheism. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you, maybe it was Carl Jung who called it the collective unconscious. Yeah. And all these places have starts from somewhere and people just take them and run with them and stuff. Fifth, there is a the belief that mankind is evolving to higher levels of consciousness. I thought we as believers didn't believe in evolution. Quantum mysticism teaches that as we begin to more fully understand and experience the implications of the oneness of all things, we will take an evolutionary step of consciousness. At this higher level of consciousness, our experiences of being one with all that is will actually become a way of life and we will consistently be able to alter the nature of reality with our thoughts and intentions. This is a traditional view of what happens in enlightenment. Now it has a chapter called Compatibilities with Christianity. It's obvious that the New Age has used quantum physics as part Can of I its... Can I read this part? Because I've really been reading this. I would love to read it. Um, the, what I find interesting about this part is it's a very... It's like two, two paragraphs. Um, and they're basically what doing what Dean was saying earlier. They're kind of trying to justify the writing of this book by making some little... Um, Excuses, I would call it more or less. It says, it's obvious that the New Age has used quantum physics as part of its belief structure, but are any of the ideas advanced by quantum mysticism compatible with Christianity? Yes, they are. Yes, I, they are. I think the beliefs of quantum mysticism are compatible with Christianity in many ways, but are totally incompatible in a few most important ways. Uh, Christians and quantum mysticism part ways over four issues where God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit fit into the picture, what constitutes sin, where the Bible fits in, and what happens after we die. I won't go into these incompatibilities what? here. But we may... Re <laughs> so so they're, they're giving this entire book, but they're not going to go into any details for the new Christian uh, a or... A book called The Physics of Heaven. So and, they're, they're and, not going... And nowhere in, in this book... Book. Does it go into those incompatibilities? Do they talk about any of those? Like, matter of fact, the Bible aren't even worth the, the They're not worth the right. time. Right. Right. Every right. everything in the book talks about the all the all the, all the awesome things of, yeah. of this the new age stuff and all these great wonderful things. They never once talk about the relationship of God in this. And the interesting they, thing and, too, and as we saw, they they completely do away with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And so. Not only does it say that they're not going to deal with these incompatibilities here, it says, but you may read them on the website, www.heavensphysics.com. You guys can go to that website. I've been to the website. I can't find anything on that website that talks about the incompatibilities. Yeah, they don't even give an exact page. Just go to the general yeah. website. You'll yeah, find it. yeah. Say, go to the website, you'll find it, but it's not on the website. Where? In somebody else's comments on the website? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, the only thing on <laughs> the, the website is just more of this. More of this stuff. Um, however, there is much that we can agree on. Much. 
There is much we can agree on. In fact, as the author of some chapters in this book have mentioned, listen to the statement. All truth is God's truth, and there. I have heard so many New Agers say that same thing. All truth is God's truth. And there are many precious God truths hidden in quantum mysticism for us to claim as our own. We will delve into just a few of them in the rest of this chapter. So it says, God truth, by faith we can speak things into existence. Christians believe that through faith, which could be considered a form of intent, we can affect changes in the material world. And as Romans 4.17 says, call the things that are not as if they are. Now let me read to you what Romans 4.17, because they said that by, through these quantum physics and everything, we can call things into existence that are not. And in Romans 4.17 in the Bible, it says... Starting in verse 16, For this reason it's by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. It is, as it is written, I have made a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him, God, who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead, and God calls into being that which does not exist. So they used that scripture and the have. scripture that says God was the one that calls things into existence that do not exist. And they said, we can do that. Yeah. And they, God. yeah. And, and so they just, they just twisted the word of God, you know. And, and uh, again, it's just so, so scary. 